Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. It's going to be another uh, extended edition of the show as uh, Jay continues to have a little bit of trouble. I don't know if you folks have heard, there was a blizzard in our state. <laughs> Jay continues to have uh, some problems getting back from uh, Bismarck. He was out there to uh, visit the site of the Dakota Access Pipeline protest. You know, we're going to get an update on that in just a moment from Lieutenant Tom Iverson of the North Dakota Highway Patrol. We'll get uh, all the latest on what's going on. Uh, but today's show, you're going to have me uh, from 1 to 2 as usual, and then also from 2 to 3, I'll be doing the first hour of Jay's show. He'll take over and uh, take you in from 3 to 5. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back to a new normal, uh, the new, uh, the old schedule uh, pretty quick here later this week. If you want to join the program at any time, of course, 701-293-9000, By the way, talking about this blizzard, uh, there was a link that was going around. There's uh, somebody on on the internet uh from the it's called geoengineering watch um gentleman by the name of dane wigington is uh going to be there is is going to be on the program um to uh talk about his his theory that this blizzard in north dakota was created by the government to harass the protesters i'm not kidding you that'll be coming up here at two o'clock p.m uh, all right. Well, right now, let's get to our uh, guest, Lieutenant Tom Iverson of the uh, North Dakota Highway Patrol. And uh, Lieutenant Iverson, first of all, thanks for your time. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, give us an update. I mean, we've, we've we've had a lot happen. We had the announcement on the easement. Uh, we had, you know, the pipeline protesters celebrating that everybody got nailed by a blizzard. Chairman Archambault was asking protesters to leave. We heard that uh, there were shelters set up, including at the Prairie Nights Casino, where a lot of the protesters were staying. Give us the lay of the land down there right now. Well, you know what? Things have changed drastically within the past week. Uh, you know, with the snowstorms moving in, really slows things down. Uh, not only does it slow down the criminal activity of uh, some of the protesters, it also slows down law enforcement as well. We're driving on these same roads, so... Um, the, it's definitely changed as far as the appearance down there. Now the backwater bridge has always been a point of contention. Law enforcement uh, in agreement with uh, some of the uh, camp leaders or tribal leaders in that area uh, and veterans group uh, decided that, hey, let's, let's de-escalate things here in a good faith effort. We'll back off the bridge um, and remove our police line. Um, if you, you know, agree not to try to remove those barricades from that bridge or come onto the bridge. Um, now, for the most part, um, it's been abided by, but they made it about maybe four or five hours that day. And I was actually down there uh, as well. And a large group of eh, maybe 50 or so, or so uh, showed up and came right onto the bridge, which obviously was not part of the agreement. Um, but... I, I think that was more so of a rogue group that just doesn't really want to listen to direction from anyone. Um, and that's kind of become more and more apparent, especially now when Chairman Archambault is, you know, encouraging and telling people, hey, go home. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell if they listen to him or not. Tell me about these veterans. We heard so much for weeks about this large group of veterans that was going to be coming in. Did we get an idea of how many of them actually showed up and what their activities were upon arriving at the camp? You know what? We really didn't. Um, you know, they're potentially coming from all different directions. I wouldn't even have a, a close guess as to how many showed up, but 
our estimates throughout the weekend were showing anywhere from you know four to six thousand people down there. Uh, it, it definitely swelled up, and it was it was huge, ton of people down there. Um, and but as far as any big events of of them marching toward law enforcement and trying to create a trying to engage law enforcement and in, engage any uh, confrontation, uh, nothing really uh, amounted to much. Talking with Lieutenant Tom Iverson of the North Dakota Highway Patrol, 701-293-9000 if you want to join the program, 888-970-9329, or you can email me, talk at WDAY.com. Tell me about the shelters. I know Morton County or or other the, the, the law enforcement efforts were, were setting up shelters how many people were in those shelters? I mean, how, how many people left the camp to, to seek shelter in, in those places? You know what? There's been a number of shelters that have been set up. Uh, as far as I'm aware, um, the Fort Yates School, uh, the um, casino, um, the Prairie Nights uh, Casino Pavilion has also been set up. And also there's been more impromptu ones that were set up uh, in Mandan, Flasher, and out in New Salem, the numbers at those um, off of the reservation are, are limited. You know, maybe 25, 30 people at times. Um, I have no clue the extent of what would be at the casino. Um, but it, I mean, we we got to remind people that we're going to be out there. We're going to be um, uh, helping rescue people if that's what needs if that's what needs to happen. That's what we'll do. But we also need to remember the warnings that uh, they were given. They they have been under an emergency evacuation order uh, for some time now from the governor's office, and um, they chose to ignore that. And now they find themselves in a predicament where uh, I guess this North Dakota weather is pretty serious. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Have you seen? And 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 I know it's it's something that's a little bit complicated. I, I think even. When Chairman Archambault was putting out his call for for protesters to leave, it wasn't exactly safe to travel. So, so I I think it's reasonable to say maybe it's okay if if they wait the blizzard out and wait for the roads to clear before they they start heading back home. That you know it's probably probably better for them to stay where they were at until the the bad weather moved through. But have you gotten an idea of how many people are starting to move out of the camps or, or what the size of the camp is now or, or what? what that's going to look like in terms of people actually i mean i i guess i guess my question is do we have an indication of how many people are maybe going to abide by what what J- chairman archambault has called for you know what we really do not um it kind of it kind of comes and goes uh there will be a wave that will come in and then a wave that will leave now if there's any indication or any assumptions that can be made uh, I would assume people are going to be leaving, uh, especially with this bad weather and the extreme cold weather that's now setting in. You know, we've had actually pretty decent temps leading up to now where, you know, we're in the 20s and 30s. Uh, that's actually not too terribly bad, and it's going to be getting much colder. But is any, any hard evidence of the number of people leaving um, is, is really hard to keep track of, uh, but we do see a large number of vehicles heading southbound, um, out of the camp area, um, maybe heading northbound on Highway 6, up towards the Bismarck Mandan area, whether they're, you know, getting on planes and leaving. Um, that I do not know. But it is definitely very difficult to kind of gauge um, and, and give a good estimate out there. 
I, I know I saw a press release from Morton County saying that, you know, they were standing by, they had buses to help evacuate the camp uh, if need be, and, and certainly provide any any assistance if people down there are having trouble because of the weather or a health emergency or what have you, uh, and that the camps were largely refusing. Do we have any indication? I, I know there was a report in, in one of the, that there were dozens of people being treated for hypothermia and frostbite and, and things like that. Do we have any indication of how they're doing? Uh, certainly we saw on, on on social media, and it's honestly it's hard to cut through the fog to see what's true and what's not true there. But it seemed like some pretty dire messages coming out of the camps in terms of bring food, bring propane, bring firewood. Are they still being able to get those shipments in to stay warm? Well, I guess first of all, I thought you caught me by surprise here. I thought everything was true on social media, especially on Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no. Uh, <laughs> there, there's been one or two things that, that have been a little misleading, Tom. Yeah, yeah, just a few misleading things. Uh, no. There, there have been supplies kind of going in and out. Now, yesterday, the uh, Department of Transportation snowplows were able to make their way up on Highway 1806 uh, from the intersection of Highway 24, which would be near the Cannonball area, making their way up towards the campsite and plow to pass through there. The Bureau of Indian Affairs did speak with camp leaders or security down there. They indicated that they wanted no help. And they also noted that it, it appeared as pe- it appeared as if people were freely moving around in the camp uh, and not necessarily, you know, trapped. Uh, there were also vehicles that were able to get out and go southbound to get out of the area. So, but the National Guard does have these uh, buses on standby. Uh, they did yesterday uh, just to make sure that we are available because, quite frankly, there could be people down there. You know, for instance, our children, you know, they don't have a choice in the matter. They didn't choose to drive themselves there. Either their parent or caregiver, uh, you know, maybe made that decision, and it's definitely not a wise decision to remain there. 701-293-9000, It's going to be interesting to me in the coming days how many people heed, because it, it seems like we're seeing a pretty sharp division where we have – Chairman Archambault on one side saying, you know, okay, it's it's time to go home. Uh, you have, you know, sort of protest organizers on the other side saying, no, we're not leaving. It's going to be interesting to see how many leave. Can you get us any indication of what is going to happen if, if they don't heed Chairman Archambault's call for, for them to leave? I mean, if, if they stick it out, if they stay there, is it just more of the same that we've seen over the last several weeks, or is there a strategy or a next step? You know what? Um, I think it's going to be a lot of the same that we have seen over the past few weeks. Now, will there be people that are leaving? Oh, yes, I, I can I can assure that, uh, that there's just people that will not want to deal with this cold and the snow and, and the fact that the uh, permit was denied. Um, so there are some of those people that will be leaving, but there's also those that will hold strong. Uh, we're aware of that. There's people that do not um, wish to abide um, by the by the wishes of uh, Chairman Archambault. Uh, that's become blatantly evident uh, even m- months ago uh, when, you know, they were engaging in riot uh, behaviors and uh, they, they just are, are not going to listen to direction of, of anyone. So if that is concerning that we're still going to have that population uh, base in that area. So law enforcement will still need to maintain presence in that area, uh, making sure that those People that are down there, one, are safe, 
that they're not, um, you know, trapped in there from the snow and, um, and able to kind of get out and move freely and also to make sure that nobody's uh, committing any crimes and we're, we're upholding the rule of law and they're, they're not trespassing on land that shouldn't be. And um, hopefully uh, they make the wise, wisest decision. And right now that wisest decision is uh, simply leaving. I got a gentleman coming up later in the program who says this weather was created by the government. Can you tell us, Lieutenant Iverson, does the Highway Patrol have a, uh, a department that's controlling the weather down there and bringing in this blizzard and these cold temperatures? Oh, man, I am, <laughs> I am laughing right now. <laughs> Controlled no. uh, by the government. Now, come on now. Yeah. Actually, I, you I, know what's scary about that, Rob, is that uh, this gentleman, he's not just one guy. There's yeah. people that actually believe that stuff. I mean, well, we've been facing this stuff since August 10th, the, the terrible rumors that are out there. In fact, last night I just corrected somebody of a of a fake Twitter account that was out there um, on behalf of Sheriff uh, Kirkmeyer. Yeah, they've been, and, and just that one's been tweeting out, at me. <laughs> I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, it, just the outlandish things that... That that's out there, and it was yeah. being shared as if it was real. And it's like, come on now. How can yeah. you believe that that stuff is real? Well, I was wondering why Sheriff Kirkmeyer was calling me a Nazi on Twitter all of a sudden. <laughs> I didn't yeah, think the sheriff yeah, exactly. had a Twitter account. No, that if, if you're seeing that Twitter account out there, it's definitely fake. Lieutenant Iverson, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it, Rob. Thank you. That's Lieutenant Iverson, North Dakota Highway Patrol. More to come straight ahead. Rob, report. Don't go away. You know what I thought was a nice moment today? Uh, Governor Jack Dalrymple gave the last budget address of his uh, of his term in office, and I, which, which is it's, it, I, it's a little bit weird that the outgoing governor is giving a budget address and delivering a budget for the first two two years of the next governor's term. Um, I'm not sure why we do that. We'll get into that a little bit in the next segment. But one really nice moment I thought was. Um, was was the governor giving a shout out to, to law enforcement? Uh, obviously, he's he's delivering a budget address, so it was in the context of the uh, seventeen million dollars that the state of North Dakota has had to spend so far on responding to the Dakota Access protest. A lot more than we would have had to spend because we have a just an absolute vacuum of of leadership at the federal level. And I, I don't I don't want to call that it could, because that, that that makes it sound like. What President Obama has done in terms of the protests has just been an act of negligence. Um, it's more than that. I, it was it was a calculated decision to put North Dakota in in a position to make North Dakota vulnerable to the the violent and, and unlawful machinations of this protest movement. You know, I I, th- I think that was a calculated decision made by President Barack Obama. But it was nice when Governor Dalrymple stood up and. Told the in front of the legislature, uh, talked about how he is in awe of the job that North Dakota law enforcement has done in response to these protesters. He then singled out uh, Morton County Sheriff Kyle Kirkmeyer. He uh, singled out um, Colonel Michael Gerhardt of the North Dakota Highway Patrol. He singled out Major General Al Dorman of the North Dakota National Guard for the job that they did. And then there was a second standing ovation you can watch the video up at sayanythingblog.com of the whole budget address if you want to see it it was a it was a really touching moment uh all the more so because of the the just the miasma of of lies and 
fabrications and th- 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 that have been launched against law enforcement responding to this situation. North Dakota law enforcement. It has been it has been awful. Um, it it has been so unfortunate. There have been so many mistruths out there. And and listen. I am somebody who has been more than willing to criticize law enforcement. Um, if, if they do something wrong, I'm more than happy to, to criticize them. I'm not in the tank for law enforcement. I don't agree with every single thing that they did or every single thing that they do. But I got to tell you, this protest situation could have been a lot worse. There could have been more people hurt through the negligence and, and the violent activities of, of the protesters. There could have been people who died. That was a real possibility. I mean, we had one of the protesters shooting off a handgun while she was being arrested. I mean, that, that matter is still being adjudicated in court. She was originally charged with attempted murder. That's now been moved out of the state courts into the federal court. But it was a serious situation. And, and I think the reason why we didn't see more injuries, the reason why nobody has died as a result of these protests, is because of the professionalism of North Dakota law enforcement. So when I saw our lawmakers standing up and applauding them, that was a beautiful moment. Really was. Videos at sayanythingblog.com if you want to check that out. Hey, we're going to grab some news, and we're going to be back and talk a little bit about the governor's budget address. you got comments or questions, 701-293-9000, Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Port here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, Our... Uh, Governor delivered his last uh, our, his last budget address to the North Dakota Legislature today, and, and there's something pretty weird about that. Um, obviously, we, we just elected a new governor in in November. Um, that's Doug Burgum. He is our governor elect. He takes over in like a week. December December 14th is Governor Dalrymple's last day. December 15th as I understand it, is is Doug Burgum's first official day as governor. His inaugurate his the inauguration ceremony and all that's gonna be in January, uh early January. But you know, as of in a week, Doug Burgum's governor. So Jack Dalrymple though delivered <laughs> delivered a, a budget address to the legislature uh presenting a budget for the next two years. And this wasn't I mean this wasn't something that, that Governor Dalrymple like chose to do. I mean all governors did do this. Um you know John Hoven, uh, who was elected to the United States Senate, um, you know, I, I mean, uh, Dalrymple was lieutenant governor, and I guess he he stepped up. That was partway through the term. That was a little bit different. If we go, actually, I, I think the last time something like this happened, we go all the way back to when uh, former Governor George Sinner handed things over to Ed Schaefer, um, which was really weird because here you have a Democratic governor. Um, basically delivering a budget address and his budget priorities and then handing things over to a Republican governor. It kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why are we, why are we doing this? Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, Doug Burgum put out a, 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 a release, a statement today, uh, you know, basically um, praising uh, governor Dalrymple's budgeting, uh, saying that they're going to review it and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's not like a, like a big acrimony. It just seems like a big waste of time. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why we're doing it. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Uh, caller wants to talk about Dakota Access Pipeline. Go ahead, caller. What's up? Oh, wait, no, they didn't want to go on air. Yeah, they just had a question for you. Robin. Oh, sure. I didn't have it up because I just did the story. ETP, Energy Transfer Partners, 
is being fined fifteen thousand dollars. Sure. For not disclosing that there there was some artifacts found quick enough. And the caller just wanted to know if we knew what the artifacts were. Yeah, uh, well, the- they were some stone cairns. Uh, they were some some. Um Basically, it's it's like a pile of of rocks. I, I don't I don't say that to, to belittle what it is, uh, but but typically they were used. Sometimes they were used to mark graves. Although in this instance, um, no graves were found. Uh, but they can also be used to to mark like hunting areas or trails or what have you. Uh, so they're they're historically significant. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. But they were stone cairns, uh, and and what what happened is, it's it's a little bit. I don't want to say it's a technicality because I do, I do think it's a serious matter. But what happened is, is essentially, uh, Dakota Access Pipeline is, is they're, they're digging, you know, they're, they're going along, they're, they're burying pipe, they're building the pipeline. Uh, they come across these stone cairns. And so that triggered what is called, they actually have a plan for this. It's, it's called a, a plan for unanticipated discoveries, right? So basically, you're digging in the ground and all of a sudden you find, a body or some bones or in this case uh some some artifacts uh, what they did is they immediately stopped construction they contacted the north dakota state historical society they alerted the, the state historical society to what they found uh the pipeline then uh, proposed a route to go around the archaeological find uh which which uh the state historical society then approved uh, and then they proceeded and built around it and preserved the location where they found these artifacts. So these artifacts were preserved at all times. What they didn't do, what the Public Service Commission alleges that they didn't do, is that they did not alert the Public Service Commission about the route change because all route changes and everything have to go through the PSC. That's what the PSC is arguing. Now, the pipeline company is taking the position that they don't have to alert the PSC. They followed their plan. Their plan said to contact the State Historical Society. Which side has it right? I don't know. Um, to me, this is a very trivial matter. Um, and, you know, if, if they were supposed to alert the PSC and that's the rules, then, you know, I hope they pay their fine and, and we can move on. Uh, energy transfer partners feel like they did it the right way uh, and they didn't need to contact the PSC. You know, whatever. I hope they get this ironed out. The most important thing to remember is that the archaeological finds were protected, the State Historical Society was notified, and the pipeline was routed around them. And and I think really, you know, despite the fact that we're having a little bit of a food fight between the PSC and the pipeline company over whether or not the PSC should have been alerted, I think, I think what this demonstrates is that this pipeline company has been sensitive to these sorts of finds and willing to protect them. Uh, so that's what's going on with this right now. And, you know, I, I guess we'll see. It's, it's going to be a question of whether or not they're going to pay the fine. And whether or not the PSC, you know, has it right, you know, th- that's a process. Um, you know, it's 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 almost. I, I don't want to say it's like a, it's like a court case, but it kind of is. You know, the hearing, and you know, they look over the evidence and they make a decision on whether or not that fine's going to be paid. Um, ETP doesn't think they have to, to pay it, but I, I, I understand in, in sort of the heated political atmosphere around the pipeline. You know, this news story I think maybe gets blown up into a little bit more than it is. Really, kind of a kind of a minor issue 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 uh, certainly call in if you got any comments or questions about that you can also email talk at wday.com you know what's what's um going back to the budget address and it, it is kind of weird you know we have a new governor former governor um a former governor uh dalrymple though delivered the, the budget address for the next uh two years 
Well, I, I don't know. I don't know how much stock to put into what you know the priorities that Governor Dalrymple laid out today. I mean, obviously we have a new governor coming in. He's going to have his own priorities. How much of that will he keep? How much of that will he reject? I don't know. Um, I can tell you one thing I really liked about this budget is that Governor Jack Dalrymple seems to be aiming. Uh, he's asking the legislature to kind of dry, drain the swamp over at the Center for Tobacco Prevention and Control. Uh, you know these folks as Breathe ND. Um, they have been uh, really, I, I, I think there's a term for that branch of our state government, which goes around the legislature and the term for them is the tobacco Taliban. <laughs> and it seems like the governor wants to take, uh, all of their money away, put it in the department of health budget and use it to fund veterans and mental health services, which if you'll remember was what the measure for tobacco tax increase wanted to fund uh, that voters rejected on the statewide ballot. He's not going to take, and they have like $50 million sitting in their coffers there. He's going to take that and put it in the department of health budget. So that could be the end of breathe ND, which frankly, I, I think would be a great thing. Uh, let's see. We've got a caller Lois. We want to sneak in before the break here quick Lois. Uh, what's up? Yeah, I thought that you should have uh, also thanked uh, Archambault. Uh, I think he really helped keep the peace with his his people from Standing Rock. I think he really encouraged them to be peaceful. I think he was a great help for you that way. Uh, in in view of the fact that uh, uh, Bismarck Water didn't want to be jeopardized, so they moved it over to Standing Rock. Well, that's that's not so? well. That's not well. That's not true. First of all, nobody well, nobody asked the people in Bismarck about that route, and that route wasn't rejected only because of the potential impact of Bismarck Water. It was rejected because that was a longer route that would have had dozens more uh, crossings, and there was already a pipeline running across this existing route. Uh, south well, of Bismarck, so, of so people people keep regurgitating this idea. Water, people keep regurgitating uh, this idea that the pipeline was rejected by Bismarck. It was not. And as for thanking Chairman Archambault, we should absolutely not thank him. I don't think he has kept the peace. I think he has. I think he has. Um, I think he has paid lip service to keeping the peace. I think that he has paid. Um, I, I think that he has said a lot of things about law enforcement that that factually aren't true. Oh, and by the way, you got to remember, Chairman Archambault himself was arrested for fighting with police. There's actually video of it on the internet where he's charging down a highway, pushing back cops, trying to get out of at a bunch of pipeline workers who are trying to leave the area. Um, so the idea that, that Chairman Archambault, you know, I think sometimes he talked a good game about it early on. Uh, I think I think that if you could catch him in a private moment and he was speaking honestly right now, I think Chairman Archambault would regret a lot of the things that happened during the protests. That's just my speculation. Well, I'm just I'm glad I got got to express how I feel because okay. you really haven't totally changed my mind. But thank you for well, taking you. my call. I appreciate you calling in. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. More to come straight ahead. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Going to be uh, moving into the next hour. Normally, uh, Jay Thomas starts at 2, but uh, he had a little bit of a delay. And I, I at this point, I'm not even sure when Jay's taking over. It's going to be sometime in the next hour. Um, I have a I have an interview booked here at 2 o'clock p.m., which is going to be pretty uh, pretty fun, I think. Uh, it's a gentleman from Geoengineering Watch who... Uh, is claiming, and I'm, I'm quoting from his article here, that the recent uh, weather uh, was, quote, warfare. 
conducted by, quote, the criminals that truly control our government. So he's believing that the blizzard which impacted the Dakota Access protesters was a government conspiracy. So we'll learn more about that coming up in the next segment. And then at some point, Jay will be joining and taking over his show uh, as usual. I'm filling in for a little extra time uh, just to help him get back, uh, struggling to get back uh, through this government conspiracy storm uh, blizzard that uh, impacted western North Dakota and, and really the whole state. Uh, 701-293-9000, you want to join the program, 888-970-9329. So, yeah, that's coming up. Uh, talking about the uh, the Governor Jack Dalrymple's um, State of the State address, uh, please go to sayanythingblog.com and, and, and see that video. I, I think it was such a great moment to, to see law enforcement um, applauded that way. It has been unfortunate for, for how many people. The, the, the really unfortunate thing, I, I think, a, a lot of the criticism that has been launched at law enforcement because of, of be it Black Lives Matter or the Dakota Access protest, it has been so wildly unfair, so driven by by part. It's either just outright partisan politics, or sort of sort of the politics of people who aren't really smart enough to understand the situation that's going on. So they just sort of turn it into like a law enforcement conspiracy because that's easy. That's kind of low hanging fruit, um, or it's you know sort of you know it's it's, it's sort of more e- it's easier to take on than maybe the the, the actual issues at hand. And I think what's unfortunate when people do that is that there are legitimate areas to talk about in terms of law enforcement reform. You know, I think I think it's legitimate to talk about, uh, you know, the, the militarization of law enforcement. I think it's legitimate to talk about incarceration rates for minorities. I think these are these are areas where we can have discussions, but it's hard to have them when people are just making up bald faced lies about cops. Anyway, more to come. I'll still be on for a little bit of the next hour, and then Jay Thomas will be uh, taking over. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Rob Port here on WDAY. And normally, you'd be getting Jay Thomas here. He's going to join a little bit later in the hour. He's a little bit delayed. Still had some uh, trouble with the weather getting back from Bismarck to Fargo. And speaking about the weather, my guest is a, uh, a gentleman. He is the lead researcher for geoengineering watch uh you could find their work at geoengineeringwatch.org he came to my attention there was a uh, a post he put up on his website that was getting a lot of shares and and some of you some of you readers some of you listeners directed me to it uh and and mr mr wiggington makes some some accusations about the source of that blizzard uh, which which came in in the last week or so that we've all been uh, living with. Uh, he writes, I quote, The Dakota Pipeline protests have become the front-line representation of the critical struggle against a completely out-of-control totalitarian power structure. Those in power cannot afford to allow this justifiable protest to continue or succeed. Geoengineering weather warfare has now been added to the already long list of criminal assaults that have been hurled at the peaceful pipeline protesters. In the coming days and weeks, weather warfare will likely be the most deadly and effective weapon that the power structure will wield against the peaceful Dakota pipeline protesters. Mr. Wiggins, explain to us what do you mean by that? And give us the top level, I mean, what would... Where is this coming from? Are, you're saying that the government, who, who is controlling the weather here? 
Well, for those who don't think that this type of storm can be manufactured and engineered, I would challenge them to search Chinese scientists create artificial snowstorms. Here's a headline from Fox News. Artificial snowstorms wreak havoc in Beijing. Here's another headline from Popular Science magazine. China's weather manipulation brings crippling snowstorm to Beijing. Completely manufactured, engineered snowstorms accomplished with chemical ice nucleation materials that are, that are sprayed from aircraft above the clouds. This is old technology. So again, for those who think that this is some sort of a fringe fabrication, I would challenge them to do a little bit of research. The first chemical ice nucleation patents for the U.S. government were done in 1950. U.S. government has a document called Owning the Weather, where they state their desire to own and control the weather, and weather modification is historical record. Project Popeye over Vietnam, so successful at modifying weather over the Ho Chi Minh Trail that they banned weather modification in 1976 at the U.N., not that anybody pays attention. So for people who have a lot of preconceptions, Rob, about what is and isn't possible, I would challenge them to do a bit of research, okay. look at the 160 patents that are available on the issue, look at Senate documents we have. There are 750 okay. well, pages long. All right. Well, well, let me. I, first of all, you know, I, we live in we live in an agricultural area here in North Dakota, and so we know, you know, things about cloud seeding. Um, that's real. Uh, we we know about this. I guess my my question is for you is is how you know that this blizzard, which hit the Dakota Access and really hit the whole state. How you know that that was caused by some entity out to get the protesters? How do you? How, what evidence do you have for that? What I'm saying is, whatever their motive, it, is it a coincidence that that occurred right above the protest zone? We had rain at 50 plus degrees, a stone throw away in Minnesota, moisture that right. pumped up from the Gulf of Mexico, and when we can see on radar, Rob, we can see on radar. The aircraft aerosol spraying operations—it's highly, highly visible. Well, the, the, let me well, let me let me say two things, Dave. First of all, the the, the things that you're talking about those are crop dusters. We see those all the time up here in North Dakota. They work uh, every year. Second of all, I, I'm I'm having a hard time because you're you're saying you're talking about the, these weather patterns and everything. I've lived in North Dakota most of my life. Um, this is December here. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, the storm that came in, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a big deal and it was a headache and a lot of roads got closed, but people in North Dakota, I mean, we're, this is familiar. I mean, it, it's hard to believe that, that I, I guess I'm not understanding how you can jump to the conclusion that this weather was, was created by some nefarious group, the government or, or somebody when this this sort of weather isn't at all unusual for our area. Rain isn't at all unusual in Vietnam either, Rob. But when weather modification programs did the damage they did by augmenting the weather that would have been there, it doesn't mean the weather modification is not going on. And when you talk about the planes that are spraying aerosols, unless the crop dusters are using KC-10s, KC-135s, C-17 Globemasters, military tankers, unless the crop dusters are using those, we're not talking about the same thing. And for those that realize that weather modification is, in fact, going on, you just acknowledge that, why in the world would we think that our government is not involved with weather modification okay. when we well, have Senate well, documents uh, 750 pages long, and I would challenge any of your listeners to look up and read that prove these programs have been going on for some 70 years. 701 Okay, 701-293-9000 is the local number, 888-970-9329 is a toll-free number. You can email me, talk at WDAY.com. We've seen a lot of 
theories about different things around the protests, and a lot of them turned out not to be true. And and again, Dane, I, I guess what I'm having trouble is, even if if I stipulate to the idea that this sort of that, that weather mo- weather modification at this scale that you're talking about is possible, which I'm not sure that it is, but but let's let's just set that aside. I will stipulate to that for now. So what you evidence? Would deny, would... No, I just to clarify, you would deny what popular science has already said. You would deny what Fox let's, News let's, already said. You would deny let's, any, let's, any of the mainstream set, coverage. Let's set that aside for now. I'm stipulating that that's true. Okay, let's for for the purposes of our argument, I'm stipulating that everything you're saying about weather modification is true. What evidence do you have that it was deployed in this instance? Again, when we can see on radar, we're not talking about crop dusters. We're talking about military tankers that leave massive, very visible aerosol. Have you seen these trails. military tankers? I mean, what, Pardon me? you, uh, did you see those in North Dakota? Well, we we can see on the radar the trails left by those aircraft, and we have film footage. Again, when it comes down to whether or not they're spraying, we have film footage of not those particular tankers over that area, but we have film footage of these tankers, C-17s, KC-135s, KC-10s spraying. But you don't have any any of of, of them spraying in North Dakota or over North Dakota. Rob, if we we have if we have satellite imagery of the trails being laid down, is it relevant what type of aircraft put those trails down? When we know we're I, not I think, talking I think about, it's relevant. On, I mean, if, can if, I finish if, my statements? All right. We know we're not talking about condensation when we have we have top U.S. military leaders stating on the record that they recognize the disintegrating climate is the greatest U.S. national security threat of all. Do we really think they're going to ask our permission before they intervene with the climate when we know they've been doing so for 70 years and we have Senate documents to prove it? Would we really doubt that? I'm simply I, well, asking I'm, for I'm people just... not to believe me. I'm asking them to do some legitimate investigation and not operate off knee-jerk preconception and, and ideology. I, I, I guess, and, and again... What what I'm just wondering, and and I don't understand, and people can call in with their own comments or questions, 701-293-9000, You've got all this evidence out there that, that, that you believe proves your no, point. That, no, that no, 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 let's this, hold on. This... I don't, I'm not asking anybody to believe me, and I'm not saying I believe okay. anything. I'm saying we have Senate documents. We have presidential reports. All right. We have 160 patents. We have a military document called Owning the Weather. You we have, have a mountain of evidence that, that, that you yeah. believe points at a, at a certain conclusion. And what I'm wondering, though, is, is how you could take all of that and then conclude, because you're making a very – a very provocative accusation here that there was some nefarious entity that caused a blizzard specifically to harm people at this protest site. And I'm telling you, this is December in North Dakota. It's December in the North Pole, too. Do you think it's odd that the North Pole right now, they just had to change their their graphing uh, colors to show temperatures 30 degrees C above normal? In the Arctic Circle, do you think that that's normal? And we don't hear any mainstream media reporting on that. Last December 25th, for example, while it was 20 degrees below in Dakota, it was 40 degrees above and raining at the North Pole. Historical fact. I would ask any of your listeners to look that up. So it just well, because it sounds like it sounds like weather to me. I, I tell you what, Dane, I, I got to take a break. Think it's normal to be 40 degrees and raining at the North Pole on December Some, 25th, well, Rob? Sometimes and, and anybody let's... who thinks that the weather's not off right now, I mean, you guys, we, we've had. Dane, I, I, got, I got to take a break. I got to take a break. Can I can, okay. can I bring you back after the break? All right. All right. I got to take a break. Dane Wigington, chief uh, lead researcher for geoengineeringwatch.org. He feels the government or some entity 
created this blizzard that hit the Dakota Access protest site. 701-293-9000, We'll be right back. Don't go away. Studies show that visiting art museums can improve critical thinking, empathy, tolerance, and cultural interest, while repeated exposure to the arts leads to increased success in innovation and entrepreneurship. Plains Art Museum serves over 50,000 people each year, and it's your cultural resource. Whether it's art classes at the Catherine Kilbourne Center for Creativity or showing it out of town or the sophisticated side of Fargo, visit your friendly art museum Tuesday through Saturday. For hours, events, exhibitions, and classes, visit plainsart.org. As the weather gets colder, are some of your windows clouding up inside? It's probably not a window problem, but a humidity problem conducive to mold growth and other concerns. Humidity and air exchange is widely mismanaged in North Dakota and Minnesota, even by professionals. Many homes and offices in our area have heat exchangers running continuously, wasting a lot of energy, drying the air out too much, exacerbating allergies, and creating long-term problems for buildings. On the other hand, if your windows get wet inside when the weather turns, that can indicate a disaster in the making. Virtually every building in our region should have a regular energy audit by RJ Energy Solutions, the experts with decades of experience in energy and climate control. Their clients ranging from North Dakota University System to Bobcat to Catalyst Medical Center. Just go to rjenergysolutions.com, give them a call, and ask to schedule an energy audit for your office or home. RJ Energy Solutions, making you and your buildings healthy, wealthy, and energy-wise. Need a home loan, but your credit score is less than stellar? Check out the Valley's newest mortgage company, Inland Home Mortgage. Two of Fargo's hometown boys, Tony Satter and Tim Day, are waiting to help you get into the home of your dreams. They think outside the box and get the deal done when others can't. Call Tim or Tony today at 701-478-4353. You're in with Inland Home Mortgage. From Cass Rural Water District come the warmest thoughts and best wishes for a wonderful holiday and a very happy new year. They would also like to thank friends old and new. Season's greetings from Cass Rural Water District. Warmest thoughts and best wishes for a wonderful holiday and a very happy new year from FM Truck Sales. Also, thank you, friends old and new. Happy holidays from the crew at FM Truck Sales, Highway 10 East, Moorhead. Dean and Della Johnson of Diener's Diner, formerly TNT's Diner, would like to wish all of our customers and community a happy holiday season. Now open Monday through Friday from 6.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Diener's Diner, 405 West Main, West Fargo. From your friends at Rick Halverson Construction and Woodbridge Edition, this sincere holiday wish. May happiness brighten your holidays and remain with you throughout the year. Warmest season's greetings from Rick Halverson Construction and Woodbridge Edition. Make a quick getaway this weekend to Hagee's Bar and Grill. A short drive west down I-94, just off the interstate at the Mapleton exit. Hagee's Bar and Grill has plenty of elbow room to kick back and party with your friends. Shoot pool and play darts, pull tabs, or blackjack. Their kitchen backs a fabulous menu for whatever you're ready to eat, including a prime rib special Saturday nights. And there's live music. Rockin' the house this weekend, it's rustic. And Hagee's New Year's Eve party will be rockin' with the roosters. Hagee's Bar and Grill in Mapleton. 
impeccable style, first-class service, and the highest quality clothing. That is what the legendary Strauss clothing was known for and will continue to be the foundation of the new Strauss for Men. Building on the time-honored tradition of outstanding products and service, Strauss for Men has also added a modern twist with additional brands and accessories that appeal to men of all ages. Stop by Strauss for Men, located on 45th Street, just south of Sonic. Holiday travel made easy when you let Jefferson Lines get you to your destination. Choose from any of their daily scheduled routes, including Bismarck, Minneapolis, and Duluth. Receive 50% off on select routes with a 21-day advance purchase. Free Wi-Fi is available on most routes, and with Jefferson Lines' exclusive bus tracker, you'll know your exact time of arrival. Visit jeffersonlines.com. Jefferson Lines, connecting you to your favorite holiday destination since 1919. Welcome back, Rob Report, WDAY. Normally you'd be hearing Jay Thomas at this time. Uh, Jay's going to be joining us here at the at 2.30. So we got a few minutes left with our guest, Dean Wigington. He is the lead researcher for Geoengineering Watch. He believes uh, – well, Dean, just real quick, and i, I got a couple of callers lined up that want to ask some questions. Who, who do you think it was that caused the blizzard that hit, hit the protest site and, and really this whole region? Who, who do you think did it? Do you expect me to name a name, Rob? I mean, if I can, if you could allow me to string one sentence together here again. This is from the Fox News report, under the title "Artificial Snowstorms Wreak Havoc in Beijing." From the Fox report, Chinese scientists have artificially induced the second major snowstorm to wreak havoc in Beijing this season. State media said today, reigniting the debate over the practice of tinkering with Mother Nature. This is from Fox News. Again, Popular Science also covered this event. Any of your listeners can look it up. Is it a coincidence that after months of all-time record-shattering warm weather, that the, this snowstorm developed over that exact area with moisture from the Gulf of Mexico that we know can be chemically nucleated, and we captured it on radar that I challenge your listeners to look at, that when you see bands of rain flash out to snow with no mountains, no colliding air mass, no nothing, at temperatures above freezing, above freezing when these, this snowstorm started, shouldn't we scratch our heads? And is it also a coincidence that the Occupy Wall Street protest had a, quote, freak all-time record snowstorm over them. Is that a coincidence? And we had a record snowstorm that early season, you know, after record months of warm. Is that a coincidence? Is it a coincidence that it's 50 degrees above normal in the Arctic right now? Do people even look at that? I'm saying that to think our governments, not just ours, but other governments around the globe, as we know from these headlines, the Chinese government, Russian government, all admitting that they're modifying the weather, um, why would we think this isn't going on when we can see it well, on satellite imagery going on? I don't, I don't have, know. I guess I, I guess I would like to see maybe some instead of just correlation, maybe a, maybe a causation relationship. Let's let's get to some of these callers though. Marnie's up first. Go ahead, Marnie. Hi. Good afternoon. I just wanted to speak to his point about Senate documents. Uh, a few years ago, the son of Senator Ted Stevens of Alaska did an expose on this issue that aired on national telephone uh, television. Um, he alleged that an Air Force program called HARP, H-A-A-R-P, which stands for High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, um, based in Alaska, was used to control the jet stream. And then after the expose, after that documentary aired, um, at some point in 2014, the Air Force announced that it was going to shut down HARP. Um, it- but they never did. 
I don't know if you know that. You're, you're correct. I appreciate the question. They never did shut down HARP. And I would, I would challenge HARP's an ionosphere heater. It's used to heat the atmosphere, and it can manipulate upper air wind patterns. So I would challenge your listeners to search on geoengineeringwatch.org under our HARP section, and they'll see satellite, NASA images that will shock them that will leave them speechless. I challenge anybody just to look, not to believe me, but to look. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, we'll get another caller in here. Eric, go ahead. Yeah, hey, genius. Um, welcome to December in North Dakota. If this was so easy to change the weather, why would they let wildfires and extreme droughts happen in California? Uh, well, well, first, I, I think you're operating with the assumption that those who uh, – build enough nuclear weapons to destroy humanity 12,000 times over have our best interest in mind. I think that's an assumption. Again, all I'm asking you to do, sir, before but, you wait, throw wait, out snide remarks, is all I'm asking you to do is do, have a little basis for your opinion. That's all I'm asking. If you've never looked at any of the data, Senate documents, presidential reports, patents, if you've never looked at any of the data, like the headlines I just read that China's doing it, and if China's doing it, certainly we know our government can do it. We're far ahead of them. I'm asking you to look at data and have a basis for your opinion. That's all I'm asking. All right, we got another caller. Kevin, you're up. What's going on? Uh, yeah, say, I'd like this guy to stop beating around the bush and answer the question of who he believes uh, caused the snowstorm. You know, who do you think runs countries? really has something to base, base his opinion on, he should say it. Yeah, well, 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 who, do, who do you... I don't want to hear some Fox News garbage. Yeah, well, well, Dean, uh, who who do you think runs the country? Oh, for Christ's sake! Can you answer a question? They know bankers. You know what? Can, I tell you what. If you guys, if if the best you can do is personal slander, without without any well, I'm not, sort I'm not, of I'm not, you've I'm done not no you, I'm, whatsoever. I, I just, I just bankers, maybe I'll tell you in case you don't know. The central bankers run all the countries. Okay, they run militaries. They print the money. They run everything. So I guess we can trace all roads back to them. If you haven't looked or, or haven't examined all the data that I just outlined, and you accuse me of not giving any data, you know, that's a knee-jerk ideological response from you. I'm asking you to do a little research and have a basis for your opinion. That shouldn't be too much to ask. Yeah. I, 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 and I guess what, what I still don't understand, I mean, we don't have I, – I, and again, I, I know you've got a lot of evidence that you think points towards – this this wide scale weather manipulation going on. I'm saying I'm just, we have, I'm just if wondering. We have 750 we, we, page Senate documents that outline okay. the full scope and scale of these programs over decades of time. I'm telling you that we had a blizzard in North Dakota in November. It's not that unusual, and I have yet to hear you tie any evidence that this was the cre- man made creation. That this blizzard was targeted specifically at these protesters. You Perhaps made that you accusation. Whatever Back the it agenda up. was, when we can see on satellite radar bands of rain that flash out the snow at above freezing temperatures, and it was when this whole fiasco started. And we have a bullseye centered over that particular area for weeks at a time, and that's exactly what's centered over that area. When we have the kind of documentation I already outlined for you over and over, I'm simply saying that the notion that the weather's not being manipulated is simply wrong. And for those who, who readily accept the little Cessnas flying around with flares strapped on the wings, the regional weather modification, but somehow feel our military, our army, would never intervene with the weather without telling us, that's a pretty naive notion, Rob. Seriously. Well, Dane, I don't know that I'm convinced, but it's certainly very interesting, and I thank you for coming on. Perhaps you should try doing a little research, and you might learn something. Thanks, Rob. Well, all right. Well, I'm not sure that there is <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know where to go with it. That was sure was fun, though. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Jay Thomas takes over next.